They got under $100 drones. Best believe they got super soldiers in that bitch. Hey, and welcome to Fade to Black, a film podcast hosted by OMG Studios Philly. New episodes premiere Monday and Friday throughout the month of February. Today we're talking about Questlove's 2021 film, Summer of Soul, a documentary about a 1968 music festival in Harlem. It goes a little something like this. Welcome to the Harlem Culture Festival. Here in the Harlem House. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Fade to Black podcast, hosted by OMG Studios Philly. I am your host, David Dunnington, co-hosted by Sonny B. Rose, the founder of OMG Studios Philly. What's up? What's up? Today, we are here with Omari Vell, talking about a movie called Summer of Soul. Omari, uh, introduce yourself. Um, hey, what's up? Uh, so I'm a rapper, producer, multi-instrumentalist. Uh, I make what I consider glam rap. It's like this amalgamation of of like 80s funk and like glam rock with rap. Um, I, I wear like this feather this feather outfit in this sequin thing. Uh, my de- debut project is called Crimson. It's on all platforms, so you can definitely check it out. And you got some music videos too. Oh yeah, yeah. So one of them is is shot by David here. Uh, he did the ultraviolet video, which honestly I think that's my favorite of the three, just because of the political nature of it, which like lines the most up with me. There's two others. So I did one for Running Man, which is the first song on the tape. Uh, that's directed by Taj Roush. Yeah. So the the latest one is is um, Patty B, uh, which is directed by Josh Walker and Pat Bemke. Yeah, that one's really cool too, because it's like uh, <laughs> Patrick is like crazy at making collages so he made this insane collage of just like so many pat benatars behind me like when i first saw it i was like i don't even know how this how did you find this many pictures of this woman you know what i mean um (laughs) like literally where did you find these pictures so yeah i wanted to you know i pick movies for our specific guests even with the ultraviolet video there's a lot of archival stuff and it's you know very based in like politics and stuff and so is summer of soul Honestly, I'm really surprised that I hadn't watched it because I remember when it came out and I just like, I was like, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. You know what I mean? And they got a lot of great archival footage from a music festival that happened in Harlem in the summer of 1969. And I think one of the things that's strongest about about it is honestly the way that they brought a lot of historical context in it, um, which is really important when you talk about music. I think a lot of people try and remove move music from the people who are making it and you know like if you're going to talk about black artists they're gonna there's almost always like a revolutionary backing to what they're doing and i like really like that this movie like told this music festival or talked about the story of this music festival without getting away from the core of you know the time period it's 1969 there's a lot of political unrest and it did both angles really well Thinking back to, you know, how I was taught history and like taught music, like I don't understand how the biggest contribution I was told that black people had to America was peanuts. Like, I think it kind of like goes back to that. Like there's the level of erasure doesn't even like surprise me at this point. You know, musical movements are always or not always. I think we're starting to break it now because of labels or like because labels aren't at the forefront. Like, you Mm. know, before it was like the radio got to decide who was big 
and these executives got to decide those things, right? But now with the internet, anybody can do it. So I think a lot of, I'm hoping that, you know, in the coming generations, a lot of the erasure will go away when it comes to musicians. But before, like, you know, something might have been started by black people, but that doesn't mean that that's the version that's going to be the popular version. You know what I mean? Um, right. There's like, what there was like a very clear delineation between white music and black music, even though, especially in certain time periods, it feels like the music itself sounds pretty much the same. But it's like, well, are you calling it rock or are you calling it funk? <laughs> you know what I mean? Or are you calling it rock? Or are you calling it blues? Like, what are we, you know? I'm like, other things that they, like, talked about were happening at the same time was the moon landing. Um, which, you know, when we think about it now, feels like such a revolutionary thing to have landed on the moon. But then to, like, see all of these people who were just like, yeah, fuck the moon. Like, I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, who cares? They're putting Yo. people on the moon and yet, like, we don't have housing. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> like, you're I right. I that they showed that. I really loved that they showed that. Yeah. I mean, and yeah. even that one news reporter who's just like in the crowd to ask people about the moon landing. Don't you see all these black people having a good time, just enjoying themselves? And you were like, but mm. what about the moon? So you just don't care? And it's like, no. <laughs> yeah. Why Why would you care? Yeah. Like, literally, why would you care? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's so far. They're not from, putting us on the moon. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, if your basic needs, needs are not being met, like, why the fuck would you care about the moon landing? You know, it's like so far on the priority list. It's pretty low. It you know. feels like a direct comparison to like Jeff Bezos right now too, because yeah, it's like exactly. he went, he brought some friends with him, and it's like cool. I get it. Me too. I would love to touch the moon, but not when there's people starving, and not when we're trying to figure out how to close the holes in the ozone layer. You know? Yeah. You and it kind of shows the difference because like, it's like if you're, it's like a smack in the face almost. It feels that way now as well. With like Jeff Bezos is a great comparison. It's like, you know, if I'm out here struggling, you know what I mean, like why the fuck are you allowed to just like jet off <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah and then why would i applaud that you like know? you are literally the owner of several plantations across this country um mm -hmm. <laughs> like have thousands of people working for you as machines basically just so you can yeah jet set across the globe i always feel like people think a lot of these issues are new right they're like this is new this is new this is new but if you watch enough archival footage it's been the same fight like this entire time like all of the stuff that they were saying, you could just like, just, you know, take the audio away and just like put it on a BLM rally and it would have just felt the same, you know, it would have felt identical because a lot of these issues, like given it's not as, you know, what's it called? Heavy handed as segregation, but like the effects of mass incarceration, it's like you can redefine slavery and it still be slavery. You know what I mean? Like wage mm -hmm. slavery is definitely a thing and, you know everything that's happening in the jails like yeah I, I don't know i just think that it's interesting that not that much has changed it's just kind of like shifted it's just like kind of reoriented itself or even just the fact that this was a revolutionary musical moment because people were tired uh like i had never heard it laid out where it was just like okay jfk went then malcolm then martin and then robert and i was like damn that was that was a lot to go back to back to back and they're like so summer 69 we was just trying to relax and trying. not have yeah. to do the same thing and i'm like that's oh man it sounds like uh not to compare it to covid because it's not a direct one for one but yeah. the amount of massive trauma that we all just experienced and it felt like music kind of stopped for a while like or at least stopped being like really good after 2018 2019 but here we are back in yeah. 2022 and now we're getting albums 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 drops 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 things that people have just been sitting on for years because they're like okay 
I took this time to process. I was grieving. I did a lot of healing. And now this is where we're at. Um, and that yeah. feels like what that gathering felt like. Yeah. And I like, I think Nina Simone makes a really good point. Um, you know, it's always about like how music has to be representative of the time. And I think like with 2020 and the music that came out of it, the reason why I think like, you know, stuff sounded good in 2018 or yeah, you know what I mean, in 2019 and then 2020, like what the hell happened? Those people that were on top were still dropping albums. I don't know if you didn't notice, but they still have albums, but they were just incredibly tone deaf. I was sitting in my house and I was like, I'm not in the club. That's not where I am. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So like there were some people that were still were still dropping these records, but it's not going to have that impact because the culture itself has shifted. You know what I mean? Like COVID created such a cultural shift. You know, and it's just nice to have, you know, we're coming back again. And I think it kind of exposed a little bit, like, the need for substance in music again. You know, and I hope that that yeah. trend, that trend continues because, um, like, after any, you know, pandemics or, like, you know, really hard times, there's usually, like, renaissances right after. And I'm, like, really hoping that, you know, in the next coming years, the next five years is kind of like a cultural renaissance because everybody got that time, you know, in the pandemic. So. I think so. And like, you can even see it with uh, dance, like uh, thinking about Beyonce and uh, this new like disco, she called it disco trap. Mm. Um, but disco funk house music is coming back. Like people just yes, want to dance. Is. Like kids are out here voguing like they're at balls. Um, and it's like y'all's bodies are moving in ways that I couldn't at this age. Um, <laughs> but it's like a new wave that folks are like, no, we just need to we need to get through the shit like the world is burning and I'm trying to enjoy myself. I got a lot of things yeah. I need to groove out or just stimming because we're all neurodivergent too, but whatever. Um, yeah, it's just a, an interesting so movement. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to see uh, see where it goes because I like, not only do I like, I love house music and, and disco and all that kind of stuff, but just, just to have fun again, you know, with music and just generally being out again from the pandemic like god it feels so good to like just go anywhere you know still i haven't fully like gotten used to it so yeah i need i need to see i think we're gonna get a dissertation about how in 2020 the most popular and most relevant song was uh wop <laughs> <laughs> you're yeah. right and just to know that well like i wouldn't be surprised like anything that gets people to really hate it like, if nobody hates what you're doing, you're not doing anything interesting. That is just the facts. If everybody's cool with it, you know, oh, yeah, that's great. You know what I mean? You're not, because it's, God, hate is God bless extreme. them. Yeah, like, you know, like, you need, you need haters. <laughs> they got some haters. They, they got quite a few. I, I guess I'm a, just a dumb, dumb young person. Uh, didn't know Steve Wonder could play drums. Oh, yo, uh, I didn't actually either. either. I yeah. wasn't surprised, but um, yeah, I didn't. Not, not even just play drums, like kill them. Mm. <laughs> that was something I was thinking about watching this was like how many people actually played instruments compared to now. I'm like, now we have yeah. uh, performers who are singer dancers, but not musicians, not multi-musicianists, instrumentalists, um, except for you, Omar. Maybe Lizzo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. In the mainstream, it's Lizzo for sure. Yeah, like, it's so few. Like, honestly, it's one of the things I really want to do with my career is, like, I, I care, like, 90% about live stuff. Like, I, I love making records and stuff, but I really, really care about live performance because I've just been doing it for such a long time. And I think it's the most important medium. It's, like, when you really connect to a person and also, like, 
if somebody's gonna pay money to see me you know what i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna show out and like the sonic the actual sound that you can get with like real instruments and people playing it's so nice um so i end up watching like a lot of this really was a perfect pick for me because i i just watch a lot a lot a lot of live stuff and like stevie wonder really is no joke like i would definitely recommend watching more of his live stuff it's 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 really good um but yeah and, and what other performance you think sticks out to you like i think one for me is and the conversation that was had with it was fifth dimension um Mm-hmm. Like, I just love the conversation where they were just like, yeah, we people thought we were white till they saw us in that little bl- little hot air balloon mm-hmm. on the album cover. And, you know, I, I think a lot of black people can identify with this moment, even if you've always identified as black, just being like, you know, wanting to feel validated by a bunch of black people. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just because it feels good. And like they're on that stage and like, yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy that like Let the Sun Shine In was like a considered a white song because like, What? Yeah, or what even the fuck? A, a, yeah. Aquarius too, because like when they started singing it, I was like, "Oh my gosh, it's from Hair!" And then they were like, yeah. "Yes, we saw Hair," <laughs> and I yeah. was like, "Fuck!" Because <laughs> um, even Nina Simone yeah. like wrote a song inspired by a play, and so I was just excited to see um, like theater brought into this and like mm. more um, art influences. Um, but yes, also to being like the the black kid who needs black people validation. Um, that's pretty Yo, much why like, Fifth I Dimension stood That whole me. conversation that they were having around it is such a good point. Like, I think it's I just hate the whole like white music, black music conversation because like we made it all. We literally made it all. Yeah, it's it's always for like <laughs> I I remember like like House is coming back right now, right? I feel like maybe like five years ago, if you talked to the wrong person and you tried to listen to House around them, they've been like, "This is some white people shit." House is in, in no way white or even straight. It's super gay. No. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Gay very, black it's, shit. It's, it's gay black. You know what I mean? And the fact that it's been co-opted is not the problem of the current black people that want to make that genre. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's not that's not anybody's problem because it's been it's been co-opted by like mainstream, you know, white culture. And it also just can become a dangerous like hole to go down because like the conversation of cultural appropriation isn't actually as simple, I think, as like black people, white people, because there's all kinds of people. There's Asian people, there's Puerto Rican people. You know what I mean? You can culturally appropriate in a lot of different ways. You know what I mean? So like, I, I don't know. It's, it's it's an interesting hole to go down. It feels simple when you talk just black and white people, but like it gets more complicated. <laughs> I feel like. Absolutely. Um, yeah. 100%. Yeah. I like that they showed like the, I mean, they showed everybody, but there was like that performance of Mango Santorino. Yep. Mango Santorino. And they started to play yeah. the Watermelon Man, and that's where we got Lin Manuel in. <laughs> mm. Yeah, they had to put Lin Manuel in there because Questlove has got to be like, I know Lin Manuel. Cool. <laughs> I'm like, I think they're homies, and because that's the only reason I was like, why is Lin here? <laughs> for like, a the, hot it second. was definitely just because they're homies for sure. Yeah, I love that they threw Sheila E in there for a second. Yeah. Like, let's just give yeah. a shout out to Sheila E. <laughs> like, fantastic. Fantastic drummer. She showed up for, like, two seconds, and I was like, I feel like this is just Questlove, like, flexing that he knows Sheila E. You know? <laughs> like, he's just I mean, like, I could just call this lady, you know? But she was also <laughs> talking about, like, how she learned to drum from the folks who were on stage. Oh, and so I'm like, Yeah, that's pretty true. I was like, that's a cool... It made me pay attention, because I was like, Sheila E talking about drumming. Yeah. <laughs> Great. There's a... Uh, there's a live video of her getting this drum solo on, I can't remember exactly which song it is. Oh my God. She starts like, she takes, she gets rid of the sticks at one point. She's just like smacking the cymbals. 
Mm. And she literally just starts smacking that shit with her hands at That's one point. Insane. Yeah, she's she's so crazy. Savage. So crazy. Yeah. Um, other performances that stood out was definitely Nina Simone. Like, what a great closer. Yeah. Um, but also Holy Sly. Oh, my God. In the family, oh, stone. family stone, like Omar, when you yeah. were just talking about like these outfits, and I'm like, that's very sly. They were like, sly yeah. came in and changed the whole fashion game. Um, but yeah. also, like, you have to be a certain type of confident and actually good <laughs> to come late to a performance, like be tuning up on stage. They they were like, who are these yeah. two white dudes who are on there with y'all? <laughs> yeah. like, but... Why is the one drumming? <laughs> <laughs> that was so but funny to me. They, they were all freaking out about. They were all like, why is they were probably all like, oh, okay, white boy. Yeah, and they were yeah. going crazy the moment he started hitting the sticks. They were like, I'm like, we still damn. do the same thing now. We're like, white people yeah. can do things. Like, <laughs> like they're not fucking people. <laughs> oh, my God. Yo, the, uh, the guitarist. Well, I, I got quite a few white people in my band, but the guitarist, yo, he got this, like, he's got the blackest feel, I swear to God. And so I was like. I was like, wait till these people see you, man. They're gonna be like, what the fuck? I like, I like how, like, like, I like how when they were like, they were like, white people going to the moon. We don't give a fuck. Like, that's not that should not impressive. But as soon as the white dude starts playing the drums, they're like, whoa, whoa, well, that's whoa, shit's impressive. Whoa, shit. Slow down, slow down. That's whoa. whoa. I don't, I don't even think I, my brain can't even. <laughs> but you know, they, um, they, they were into it though. It was like the second they yeah. started going, they were like, oh, heard, say less. We gotta also give a huge shout out to like Tony Lawrence, because like yes, festivals don't really yeah. have like an MC like that, and the yeah. confidence. First of all, he put that together, right? Also, like, the fit he was wearing. Well, they said he was like leaning on the the mayor. That's whose name I'm looking for because they were like, it's this our favorite blonde hair, blue eyed brother. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bring him up on that stage. part was so funny. It was full <laughs> like when 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 black people still trusted trusted politicians. <laughs> But I like that part. Like the mayor is about to walk off stage, and he he like snatches him the mayor by the arm to like come back and sing a song with them. Like the yeah. confidence you get shot for doing that shit now. But it takes like a a certain type of ally, I guess, to like actually yeah. go through with this. Because um, they even showed a clip of dude like being cussed out because he supports black and brown people in his own city. Like I feel like if you are the mayor yeah. of New York, there's no. There's no way around it. You can't be like a full blown bigot. Um, like the city will eat you alive. Yeah. You can't. You can't have this revolution without you know people in power supporting. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you can't. You'll literally not get anywhere. You know, as much as you want. Unless to. it's so, like, a full it's like, restart. That like we're yeah, not. Unless there's a. Full... I know. I know we're not finna do that. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> unless well, it's like drones. They got drones. <laughs> they got, I don't got no drone. They 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 probably they. I feel like if I talk about this too loud, somebody's gonna fucking hop out. And, you know what I mean? Like they got. <laughs> they don't even need to bring a person anymore. There's literally, you know, the fact that straight up the fact that I can buy a drone on Amazon means that the technology is like way past that. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> The moment I saw that shit, it was like, "Oh, this drone is thirty five ninety nine. Fuck." <laughs> yeah, they got they got, got thirty five. They got under a hundred dollar drones. Yeah, Best believe they got some. They got super soldiers in that bitch. Oh fuck! Yeah, no, well, you 100%. know, they got they got Iron 100%. Man armor in there. Nina Simone. Well, we were talking about Nina Simone. We don't keep talking about her. We can keep talking about her. I mean, there's lots to say. Yeah, I'm like, I feel bad because I feel, yeah. I kind of like grazed over her. It was like I mentioned her and then mm. kept going. So I'm like, Nina Simone uh, fucking killed well, that shit. 
<laughs> she did. It was incredible. It was and it was the best. It was like people running to see her. Like it was what a what a beautiful way to end it. I liked when like the filmmakers were talking about. I wish we. I, th- I wish they talked to the filmmakers more. To be honest, um, when they mm-hmm. talked about like how there's no lighting, so they literally had to face west, so the sun was pointing at them at all times, and everybody was fully in vision. Um, mm. But you know that's a hard thing for those cameras to do in like low light is capture, uh, is cap just capture anything and look like clean or also look really really fizzy and weird. Yeah, I really um, like that they they took the time to you know think about that because it just showed how many logistics there were in this festival i really just love the community community aspect of it just like getting that many people out getting people out for free to listen to music. for free like it is the point that's the point of the thing you know is to entertain people like i think music gets caught up in quite a bit of ego you know and all this in money and glam and but it's, just, it's to entertain people <laughs> that's the point yeah and obviously yeah. like you know something like that probably can't happen now just because of just like weird shit like shootings and stuff oh for free God, yeah i think it also worked out like in the way that like obviously they didn't have like food services and stuff there i don't know what the porta potty mm-hmm. situation was but people were like yeah we brought our own food and they were like it was 10 blocks from my house and you could probably just go down to a store and go like to the bathroom or something it was all in a park Three hundred thousand yeah. people. That's all. Yeah, no. It's a, actually the shooting thing is a good point because you would have to have crazy security, not just for the the people up front, but you would have to be checking bags. Like it's really a big deal the shootings. I'm like, they do have security there. Yeah. Who was the security? The Panthers. My, yeah, the Panthers. The Panthers. They had an ant. The so they were pol- they were they were actively creating safety and security without police. Yeah, yeah like. They, they, they've gotten this really terrible rap over the course of history. Like, the way that I think that, you know, like, mainstream shit looks at the Panthers is, like, super incorrect. Like, breakfast programs, defending this um, this festival. Like, they did a lot of good for the community. Because when it comes down to it, it's like, with policing, it's like, who are you protecting? You know what I mean? And it's like, if you are not, like, if you're not white America, those cops are not protecting you they're you're what's being protected from you know and i think like the panthers being there and people feeling safe is because they're actually there to protect that festival you know like these cops have they have interests you know they have biases they're people i feel like i don't have to give a whole like anti-cop spiel thing to y'all but you you guys definitely get it but i don't know It's, it's refreshing to see them in a positive light something i was thinking about is that everybody who was coming to this stage was coming for a different purpose and everybody who in the crowd was coming for a different purpose. Like they said, some people were coming for just one song. Some people were coming to be a part of the experience. Some people just needed the day off. And like, even on stage, like Fifth Dimension was trying to prove their blackness. Um, You had Fly in the Family Stone try to show people like, nah, we're not just a bunch of late Negroes. Like we got some stuff. Um, And then you had like the whole Edwin Hawkins choir who's like, we just trying to bring Jesus to the people. Um, Like they were kicking them out of uh, church. Um, because they're yeah. trying to like promote Jesus through music, and it's like, yeah, I feel like we should take a moment. That was probably my highlight: the emphasis on the importance of um, the church to the black community and black history. Uh, like Jesse Jackson, Reverend, you know what I mean. Like Al Sharpton is also a Reverend. Martin Luther King is a Reverend. Like a lot of this community building was around gospel music, and honestly, even with myself. So like the first two musical like experiences I had the first one was a quartet had come to my um my elementary school and that's why I like wanted to play violin because I like I heard it and I was like oh my god that's so beautiful 
And the other one was that my aunt at the time was a pastor at a um, a church in West Philly uh, called mm. Camphor. It's like a little deep in West Philly. And we would go every every week. You know, my mom would do like uh, she helped organize the dance stuff. But I would watch the choir. I would watch the choir sing. And like the chops of the people in that choir were still some of the best I've seen in this day. Like maybe I was a child. I was a child. But I like swear on half the time that gospel people are like the best musicians they they have some of the best musicianship i've i've ever seen and they they really come with that spirit they understand the importance of playing with spirit and and seeing it on uh like such a big stage even though like i'm in no sense a christian um but i still have a huge appre- appreciation for gospel music um and how it, honestly yeah too it also just like like sly they pointed out that he started in the church like so many people started in the church um and kind of to link it to something today like i um one of my friends is a pastor. I'm trying to trying to help him, you know, find some musicians for his church. But there wasn't that there wasn't that many people in the church when I gone, and I realized that the church is dying, which I think is good for a lot. Of, like I am very spiritual, so I think a, a lot of this stuff is kind of changing towards like spirituality is more individualistic in kind of a way. It's like everybody has their own method to finding the source instead of you know like a group method kind of with like religion mm-hmm. um but it was interesting that's like wow this is like so where so many people get their start and i think it's gonna like shift um in the coming generations of like where are some of these musicians gonna come from because they're they're also gutting like school programs because that's another thing they were they were gutting school programs um like for so long like the music um, music programs in schools have always been terrible so that's why i think a lot of people started in the church but now in particular it's getting even worse so it's like we talk about like why aren't people like crazy instrumentalists anymore and it's like because literally they where do you start you know like when do you when do you get exposed to it if you don't get exposed to it in school you know or the church so you pay for it you pay a a bunch of money for it for classes yeah and that's dumb art should not be uh an elitist thing that you have to get through a paywall first to experience like no no bullshit yeah. yeah, and I also like that a lot of that really felt like kind of a late memorial service for for Dr. King. Yeah. yeah. Like it, it was just like just Jesse Jackson coming out there and describing the describing his death. Oh, um, yeah, that was wild. That, I was like, first, I'd never heard him talk about the death of Martin Luther King ever. Like, I mean, I never looked it up. I know what happened. I know the Lorraine Hotel yeah. and I've seen the picture of them all pointing. So that part he describes it like you almost forget he's talking about the assassination and he just goes bow and it like cuts off like that. Like yeah. that just like it made it made the death just hit. And then like all those people like it they felt it. Um and I like that he said like he they played his favorite song and it was like he was re- yeah. he requested that song before he died. <laughs> And they played yeah. that. And also, like, with that performance, like, let's talk mm. about Mahalia Jackson. Because, um, oh Omar, you was bringing up the God. spirit and how the spirit, the spirit be moving through people. And she that was, was really, in. yes. I she mean, her kept. and the other girl. Like, um, it was like, I don't know. Like, you really have to be in church to, like, see people full body sing and allow themselves yeah. to, like, open up yes. and, like, hear sounds that you might be too embarrassed to hear on the street. And, like, that, yeah. ooh, man, you could just... You could see her face swell up and change it's, colors it's so as like within. it's just like yes, like reverberating so through like you. Oh my gosh! And um, yeah. it's somebody else. There was like another group, um, who I was like, 
oh my gosh, you don't get to hear this this many like um, altos or like tenor women singing. Like it feels mm. like uh, this dark tone, this like a uh, lower uh, meteor voice isn't something that you yeah. get a lot more. Um, some other sounds you might hear today. And that was just like a, a lost piece of art of like letting the spirit truly move through you um, to get the sound and get the message out that I I really appreciated here and miss in real yeah. life. Cause I, I only get it in church. <laughs> I have this weird theory as I was watching it and I'm like, you know, we see people like getting taken, you know, like they do that thing where they're shaking their body and all that stuff. And they're like, all and I, I think about like punk shows when they do that. And I'm like, did, did, did they mean, just steal that shit from Black Church? <laughs> did punk shows steal like their aesthetic from the Black, black Church? church? Because, like, it's just like you're running around, you're in the music, you're like, ah, ah, you're in that shit, and nobody thinks you're crazy. They just, like, know they're feeling the, yeah. the power of the Holy Spirit. And, like, that can mean a million things to a million people. But, like, people could do that at a concert. Like, white people aren't going to church and going, like, ah, ah. That was actually one of the craziest, like, jumps in my life. So I, like, had gone from, you know, living in Norristown and going to church in West Philly to um, my mom married somebody and we moved out to Exeter, which is, like, an all-white area. And that's when I really learned the the difference in economics between the two. I really really took a little jump up, right? And the, the church that we would go to was... One of the mm-hmm. things that I hated most about living in that area, <laughs> that church, like I went from these people that were like, people would be like falling to their knees and there would be like this beautiful choir, organist, you know what I mean? Like fantastic, fantastic situation, you know what I mean? To like, just just nothing in the in the praise songs. Like, I don't understand how we're not bringing anything. Like, I don't know. It's, it's a fundamental of like, I feel like me starting in music, it's just like hearing that and like the difference was so shocking. You know, it's, it's it's crazy. Yeah, I really like that you you chose this for me because I didn't even think about the the parallels with Ultraviolet, but we literally sat and watched like some of my favorite live sessions. You know what I mean? And, and like some of yours too, like live footage, and they're like spliced around and also like cast mm-hmm. over me. The Rick James one is cast over me. You know, and just yeah. like searching for archival footage is so fun because you learn so much. Like I remember. Um, for that one in particular, I found this this video of like integration in schools from like, you know, the early 70s. And it was like a video that they were like showing in like New York, you know, and they were like, we're all the same. And it was just like, <laughs> it's just really funny because, <laughs> you know, that the parents were freaking out. Like the white parents were freaking out when they were showing them this, this video. They were not they were not thinking any of this was the same, but it's, it's critical race theory bullshit. Yeah. Or even like a good one, too. So like everybody always thinks they're on the good side of history. That's like you know since always and just seeing i love seeing the reaction of people to integration you know what i mean and i i think one of my highlights for the whole movie was the girl who was integrating that college i can't re- remember her name the the, the journalist she was great that's a yeah what is she i gotta that look she up was her listening name to nina simone that is awesome mm-hmm. she was going through a very difficult struggle what, she was being harassed constantly in every direction. She was really and fighting a one-person war. She was literally <laughs> fighting. And what is she listening? She's listening to Nina Simone. Like it goes back to again that I think like music has been taken away from its like like this stuff is revolutionary and it is important that we don't at least me like as musicians and as artists as filmmakers that you don't get away from that that there are people who are like doing the work. You know what I mean? Like she's going to become a journalist. Like that's somebody who can really really impact 
and create change and inspiring those people in those times when they're, you know, when they're down, when they're kicked and they're down to keep going, I think is like a really good, important impact um, that artists can have, um, as well as, you know, helping to remember a certain time is really important as well um, for our function. But I think like inspiring people and it's just like great to hear that, you know, listening to Nina Simone, like got her through that. That's crazy. Yeah, her name is uh, Charlene Hunter Galt. Is her name? Yeah. Um, uh, one thing I want to one thing I want to point out that was also pointed out. Everybody in the doc, everybody in the crowd, um, those that sea of mostly black and brown people, um, mostly black though. Uh, <laughs> um, they were all so beautiful. Oh. But like they all looked so Just good. Imagine. They all looked so yeah. like they all looked beautiful. Like all the kids looked so adorable. Like I don't know. Everybody just looked fucking. Maybe that just was just my like rose colored glasses that I was looking at the film at because I just wanted to be there. Yeah. And just like like just seeing all those people happy, just like I don't know. It felt yeah. like they felt beautiful. You know what I mean? They're just like ah, you just you look. This looks like a happy ad, but y'all are genuinely no, like, happy yeah. to be here. I feel like that goes to like the self-love thing that has to happen if you are black in America because you're looking on TV like I I don't know like I I was raised by a lot of TV you know and like just watching you don't Mm -hmm. see yourself on television at all and and when you do see yourself on television it's like you're some kind of criminal you're like you know you're not you're, you're ugly you know so I think like once you do go through and do some of that internal work to get rid of you know that white supremacy like yeah looking at a sea of black faces it feels so like almost intoxicating to look at you know when i was watching it, i was like this is just beautiful you know what i mean and have this represented in such a positive light like absolutely beautiful because they made a good point of saying that harlem you know has such a bad reputation when there's so many just working families you know yeah and i i was uh excited to hear people say that they were excited to be in crowds of black people because i still get the same feeling and uh to know that that's like universal like you know that there's people around you you know you have a community but like it's not always so easy to see like it's not so easy to grasp but like going to afropunk going to the roots picnic like those are all uh community moments where you're like wow we can really like be safe inside of these walls right here and just jam out and like that is a magical powerful spiritual moment that i'm glad that we get to continue to share but, yeah. you know, I wish that it could be free. I wish there was more uh, performances out in the open where we didn't have to worry about this. But, you know, times be the times. <laughs> that's crazy. Because that's the thing about this lineup. I've, a lot of free festivals, mm-hmm. you know, they're like local festivals. And it's not like, like this is like heavy hitters. You know what I mean? Like that, yes. year, that one person was the number one, the number one artist. You know what I mean? Like. Or they had a number one song. Like it's like those those are all heavy heavy hitters that are on this lineup. And they're you know? playing to your neighborhood for free. And they're shout they're out playing, to Tony Lawrence, y'all. Yeah, they're they're playing great. My especially like Nina Simone. Like Nina Simone, Nina Simone was the was Nina Simone by that time. And like so that's a big fucking deal. That would be like if, I mean I don't want to compare her to anybody, but like if Beyonce just played somewhere for free, in a yeah. park. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, people uh, fame is different than what it was then. I was saying to be famous and black at that time was a totally different experience than being famous and black now. Like Beyonce's got security because people love her so much. But Nina's got security because people are trying to kill her for being black. 
Um, and she's just like out here singing about her actual life experiences and people are like, nah, yes. yeah. who cares about your feelings? Um, so it's wild that she grew as much as she did and still held on to the person that she is and never let go of like yeah. her honesty, her truth. Um, man, and then put it in the music so that way we can remember it forever. Um, and remember those stories and like still be vibing off of it yeah. now because not much has changed. Yeah, and so I don't know if y'all saw this, but YG just put out a song. It's called "How to How to Rob a Rapper" on his on his latest his latest tape. And I was listening to it. The song, yeah, the song is hot. But I was like, wow, this is very tone deaf because people are literally getting robbed. Like P and B just died. You know what I mean? Like I think <laughs> yeah, we're we're trying to thing. get away from that shit. Yeah, like what? Why are like why is fame fame and and blackness like now a lick? You know what I mean? Like Nina Sabone was being protected from the the white powers that were trying to stop her from saying the things that she was saying. She was very heavily like interwound with like people like James Baldwin, you know what I mean, who were like the poets and stuff at the time. But like why is it now you're robbing people who are doing positive things? <laughs> it's because people think that like once you have a little bit of fame, like once people know your name then you must have some sort of power. But especially in today's time that's not true because it's like anybody can be a big name because the internet is the internet but you probably put yourself out there you are probably like putting in all of the work to like make yourself into yeah. something and nobody's paying you until you've done it yourself any final closing thoughts uh would you recommend this movie obviously we all would but yes. you know what was your like you know just any final thoughts you have mine i'll say <clears throat> this movie's awesome uh it's a really good documentary it's a really good concert movie concert movies i feel like are hard to watch sometimes um at least yeah. for me i don't always like them um but this was like i don't know it was a perfect mix of documentary and concert film and the way it would like cut to things and like overlay like like stevie wonder's like two different shots and like overlay them um i don't know it just felt so fluid uh editing was great shout out shout out to quest love thank you for getting a well, little not thank you but like shout out to him for getting an oscar for this for his first film but you know art is art is art don't matter how long you've been doing shit for uh. comprehensive i think is the word i would use like it's just like said so it just told it from all these different angles and it told it so well you know Yeah, uh, final thoughts are that you should watch this because it shares the importance of music, of black people, of community, and hopefully this can be an example for yeah. things to happen in the future. Because, um, you know, they said like it felt so good to be there and then it was forgotten. But if you don't forget, then you can bring it back. Like you, you can always resurrect that feeling or at least... Um, the sense of urgency to create spaces yeah. in events like this. Yeah. All right, y'all. This has been Fade to Black. We'll see you next week. Shout out to Omari Vell. Shout out to Sunny B. Rose. I am David Dunnington. I have been and will always be David Dunnington. <laughs> Good night. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to Fade to Black. 
You can check out new episodes Monday and Friday throughout the month. And if you want more episodes past the month of February, let us know. And maybe, like, we'll set up a Patreon? I don't know. Anyway, uh, peace, love, and cocoa butter. Bye.